Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time in the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it's Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Here's a headline from today's bright one, my beloved Chicago Sun-Times. Don't deliver it as it is every day. Uh, I'm the only person in the city of Chicago still gets a subscription to a daily newspaper. How about that? All right, I'm not literally the only. There's like 20 of us dinosaurs out there. We're holding up everyone. We're all, we pay top price. The rest of you cheapskates are getting like for a nickel or a dime. And, and then you brag about it. That's the part that kills me. You brag, I bet I only Hey, like a fraction of what you pay. Oh, be quiet. Nobody wants to hear about how you're getting a good deal. That was a riff that came out of nowhere. Anyway, Chicago Sun-Times headline, Top Cops Exit Strategy. Source, aides to embattled CPD Superintendent David Brown laying groundwork for this departure. Man, they had three people working on this story. Tommy Shuba, Fran Spielman, and uh, Frank Main worked on the story, the bright one. Uh, having the scoop that he's, uh, David Brown on, is on his way out. I'm just going to address this before I turn it over things over to my uh, distinguished guest to be introduced. This is an obsession, the city of Chicago. I've, I've really come to understand you, Chicago. I've lived here long enough. You have this obsession. Oh, is the CEO of this police department and the school board, are they leaving anytime soon? What does it mean? Who will replace them? Who's in? Who's out? City Hall <laughs> intrigue. Details to follow. You guys are weird, Chicago. You're weird. You're obsessed with these police superintendents. Hey, got news for you. There'll be another one. This guy will be gone. There'll be another one. Then you'll go, who did he know? Where's he from? Let's interview his sister, his brother, his uncle, his aunt. <laughs> then you'll turn on him. Invariably, you'll turn on him. Yeah, you always do. You put a superintendent up there and then you turn on him. Like it's his or her fault that we live in a crime-ridden city and have lived in a crime-ridden city for as long as I can remember and never seemed to term never seemed to determine to change anything we do in in respect to that you know it's like all the police superintendents pretty much have the same strategies mayors have the same strategy hire more police arrest more people that'll do it and it doesn't do it so they just double down to do it again what a city 
enough for me. I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself. She's got a lot to say, I know, about a lot of topics. <laughs> <laughs> so, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lori Glenn. I'm president and CEO of Think Inc., which is a political and public affairs consulting firm on social justice issues. Thank you for having me here, Ben. And a lot of longtime listeners are going, wait a minute, where's Juanita? I uh, know, and I miss <laughs> my friend Juanita and colleague, Juanita Irizarry, the great executive director of Friends of the Park, who I'm so grateful to know and to have worked with over many years. And has been a frequent a co-guest of yours at the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, but uh, Juanita was on about two weeks ago. I urge everybody to check it out, talking about Friends of the Parks. Well, not talking about Friends of the Parks, talking about park district mm-hmm. issues. Uh, and uh, I asked Lori to come on for today uh, because she has a, an important personal announcement she wants to make <laughs> regarding <laughs> the mayor's race. Uh, and I said, all right, uh, LG, uh, come on the show uh, and talk about uh, your announcement. So why don't you uh, be the one to make the announcement? Go ahead. Well, again, Ben, it's always a pleasure. Ben and I have known each other uh, for over 30 years, and uh, I'm really grateful uh, for his friendship, uh, both personally and professionally. And um, so when Lori Lightfoot was first elected mayor, uh, like many Chicagoans, I was really excited about what I thought was going to be an opportunity for real change. And I spent some political capital on that, like many of us, because um, Tony Preckwinkle, who's a woman I deeply respect and have known for about 30 years, I made a decision, um, and I rue that decision now, to have voted for Lori because I really felt like she was going to do something different. And um, I had high hopes. I think many of us did. And over the past several years, um, my hopes dimmed. Um, I actually knew the mayor. I mean, I, I want to say, you know, I respect her as a person, her accomplishments, what she's done in the world is extraordinary. And uh, she is a woman of great intellect and um, obviously a brilliant lawyer um, as a prosecutor. Um, but the city of Chicago, to be the mayor of the city, is actually a managerial job. You actually really need to know how to unleash the power of the people in the city, uh, both in terms of the city workers themselves and as well as the various uh, factions in the city, whether it be progressives, uh, people of color, the business community, unions, all these different people. And it really takes a lot of skill, and that's, again, managerial skill, to be able to balance and hold all these different uh, interests together to be able to make the city that work, work. And uh, I look back on an editorial that actually Crane Chicago Business wrote about the mayor the first summer of uh, her first term. And it was an open letter and written like, you know, like they did, like it looks like a letter. And it was, dear mayor, you know, we were so excited to have you get elected. And that woman, the night of the election that gave that great speech, that gave all that hope to all of us, um, we'd like her back again. 
because the woman we're meeting seems to be a bit adversarial, seems to be a bit prosecutorial, and does not seem to be able to understand that um, being argumentative or being difficult, it's a tool in your toolkit. And um, it's not the way to negotiate everything. And I always had a suspicion that the mayor was potentially a highly defended human being and has having been a highly defended human being in my life, I kind of can feel it out. And uh, I thought though, that I was hoping she would grow, but um, evidently I read a story recently where she just basically said like Popeye, I am who I am and I'm not changing. Well, I'm 64 years old. I'm like four years older than the mayor. And every single day I make mistakes. And every single day I learn from them and I grow from them and I evolve. And as having been a highly defended human being in my own life, I think that I saw the mistake of my ways. I really did. I learned that I had to change to be a more effective consultant, human being, to be able to make social change in the world, to be able to hear other people, to demonstrate respect to other people, to really build a dialogue, to move and make things happen in the world. So I think the thing that I am probably the most offended by is, in fact, the idea that she is who she is. And I don't believe that that is the kind of role model we should have for the people of the city of Chicago. And I don't believe anger should be your one trick pony to rule the city of Chicago. So I have to say that after really trying for several years to support her leadership, because I want Lori Lightfoot to succeed. I have no skin in the game. I'm not in electoral politics. I'm in it for social justice, to be a more just society. But at this point, I have gone publicly to support someone whom I've known for over 20, 25 years, and that's Jesus Chuy Garcia, who I do consider a friend, professional friend and ally. And I believe that the characteristics and qualities that Chuy has is exactly what the city of Chicago needs today. Because this city has PTSD, as cities across the nation have from COVID from uh, the economy, from all the things, the, the violence. And we need to heal as a city. We need to have someone as a leader who can bring us together. Someone as a leader who can listen and not fight, but, comp but build a, um, a, a space where people feel like they can talk about their ideas. And even if they don't agree, still feel like they were heard and respected and that there was some movement on their issue. Now, when a mayor doesn't really understand what's going on, the city that works doesn't work. And I know this because I ran bingos on the northwest side of Chicago for the Illinois Public Action Council when I was 19 years old for Bob Kramer with Jan Schakowsky. And there was a city worker that all these workers were sitting, oh my the customers were really city workers. And one night during the blizzard, when Belandic was running for office and Mr. Belandic was denying that there was a problem in the city. Oh, there's no snowstorm really. And, you know, you saw on TV, there were these images of people waiting at the L, sleeping at the airport, 
I mean, it was just a disaster. And this city worker, he was an older uh, white gentleman with white hair eating his Italian beef and sausage. He said to me, you know, Lori, what I was doing today? I had a great day. You know what I do? I, I clean the city streets and I found, I had a cup of coffee and I found a nice cozy corner in an alley and I sat on my snow machine and that fucking Belandic is never going to become mayor again of this city. And he didn't. And so you see city workers are people too, and they have their opinions too. Now I, I believe in the people of Chicago. And I believe in their ability to do good work. I also believe in their ability to know when they don't want the mayor to be there. And I believe the city workers themselves don't like this mayor. And she, as a manager, your job is to unleash the power of an individual. And that does not happen under this. All right. So let me uh, get you off a little <laughs> bit because, man, you are on a riff. You, I think you could have gone for a full hour. I could. Uh, Thank you. Ben. So, all right. I'll, I'll let just. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess I could have just. Well, you I wanted the ad. You wanted the ad to do this. I'm I, doing it. <laughs> I have a joint here. I could have just lit it up and just sit back. And go, mm. I'm just kidding. I don't have a joint. I've been smoked since 1981. About the time I moved to the city of Chicago. Um, all right. Wow. Where to begin? Um, so this is a change. I, I, I've told Lori, I would say this, I felt compelled to say this, that the first time uh, Lori came on the podcast at the very early, at the outset, uh, when I forget when it was, you go back and find it, ladies and gentlemen, if you care, 2019, it was because she was irritated. Every now and then Lori Glenn gets irritated at me for something that I <laughs> may or may not have done. And then, boy, I may- I get an earful. Uh, you thought that was amazing? You, he's mad at me. goes on for two hours. Uh, and uh, at the time, you wanted uh, an opportunity to say the good things. Because I had just had on, I believe, if my me- memory is correct, Stacey some Gates. members of Lori, like, well, SDGs. Yeah, uh, Stacey <laughs> David Gates. But I think it was members. It wasn't Stacy. It was uh, members of the, the the mayor's transition team were already critical of the mayor. So you go, you know what? I want to give it a, a shout out to the mayor. So I said, come on, man. You know, I've known you forever, Lori. Come on to the show and defend the mayor if you want to. Uh, so I understand things have changed. Uh, if now here we are four years later uh, and you're not defending the mayor. I'm going to push back a little bit um, and then get your response. So I have to smile when you were quoting a Crane's editorial. Because Cranes, Chicago Tribune, and the Sun-Times, all the, all the mainstreams, waving the flag. Oh, they love Mayor Daly. Oh, they couldn't. They, they, they worshiped the ground Mayor Richard M. Daly walked on. And then when he was done, uh, baby Mayor Daly, Rahm Emanuel, they worshiped the ground he was on. And they were all temperamental, arrogant, autocratic bullies who uh, punished enemies and rewarded friends and pushed forward some of the stupidest ideas, some of the most wasteful ideas uh, that I can even imagine. Just the one that tops the list is selling the parking meters, which even now, pretty much even every, the business community, well, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, but you were it kissing his ring while idea. he was doing it. Was it was a terrible idea. So I, I just find it, it's a little hard for me to take when all the qualities that they praised with Rom and Daly. They're tough. They're going to keep those unions in line. They're going to lock up bad people. All those pra- qualities that they praise for Rom and Daly, when, it, when it's Lori Lightfoot exhibiting them, it's like, come on, Mayor, lighten up. 
I, no, I no, have no. a hard time with that one, Lori Glenn. No, let's, let's get very real. First of all, you know, I was not an ally, though I personally liked Mayor Daley, but I fought him tooth and nail as his father. We were never on really the same side most of the time. Um, and Rom, well, as we know, he is not my friend. And I think the city of Chicago fired Rom basically because they'd had enough of his behavior. And the difference is, is both Daly and Rom, they came in being who they were and they, they were never pretending to be something they weren't. I think what was hard with Lori Lightfoot was we were actually hiring because you see these people work for us. When we elect people, we're hiring them to do a job, to manage the city on our behalf. We, we don't have kings and queens. You know, I mean, now you may call me Lady Lori as I was knighted by the French government, as we know. <laughs> Love to get that in. So I am now like aristocracy, right? Hilarious. But my point is, is we brought in Lori Lightfoot to be different, Ben. I wanted her to be different. Um, I wanted the mayor to be a uh, knight S in shining armor and to change this city and to do business differently. And that didn't happen. And so that makes it very different because when you make promises and then you give people arpege, <laughs> that was like an old joke from a long time ago. When you give people, it's, it, you, it is harder. It is harder. So we were looking for something different. If we wanted more of Ram, well, he was there to have. But we said no. Now, it's very funny because my 92-year-old Jewish mother who used to live on Lakeshore Drive is my little focus group. So even though she knew that Ram and I weren't friends, she would be like, oh, I love Ram. I love Ram. He's such a great mayor. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. And then one day I walk in and she and her old Jewish cocker boyfriend, you know, who was also like oldest sin, and they were both like, I hate Ram. I hate Rob. He's terrible. I'm like, wait a minute. What happened here? I thought you all love Rob. Then they hated him. And then the same thing happened. She's like, I love Lori Lightfoot. She's wonderful. And one day I walk in and she's like, I hate Lori Lightfoot. I don't want to see her again. I can't stand her. She's so mean. She's so this. She's so that. So my little mother focus group says to me that the city of Chicago really at this time, what they need is a different kind of leadership. Now, I'm not saying that this mayor can't do a competent job, but when somebody, okay, so somebody, something goes wrong here once, twice, three times, and you keep saying it's the other person, maybe you have to look at yourself and go, maybe you have to do something differently. Now, I am a woman and I have been discriminated at, against being in the world of politics. Oh my God. I, I know exactly that game. So I want this woman to succeed. Now, I'm not happy saying this, but I am saying I can't take it anymore. I cannot walk down Michigan Avenue like I did one day this summer after the Monet exhibit. And I'm walking down across from channel 32, actually. And I look across the street and there is this very large African-American man He's naked from the waist up and his dingling <laughs> is hanging out. And that was bad enough. But then what really was painful then was the existential scream that came out of this man's mouth. And I felt like that scream was 
a scream from the city of Chicago saying, we can't take this anymore. And that's when I texted Chewy Garcia and I said, please, you've got to run for mayor, as I think many people did, because I just couldn't take it anymore. And why do I want Chewy to be mayor is because I trust him. I know where he comes from. And I know what people are saying, but I met Chewy 25 years ago. You want to interrupt me, I can tell. Wait, yes, I do. Uh, before we get into uh, why you like uh, Chewy Garcia, let's just let me go back a couple things. Number one, a lunatic yelling on Michigan Avenue could happen under any mayor. could happen under Mayor... Uh, uh, I know you're making up like a metaphor. No, it was about, yes, it was about okay. really the city of Chicago. Look, okay, I but, work. And, and then, so the other point that you that you made, uh, which I, I took note of, uh, is the fact that even though we tended, uh, we had we elected for. Let me do the math. Hold on, uh, ten, uh, twenty. Wow, twenty nine years in a row. Uh, twenty for twenty nine years, uh, mayors were autocrats. Uh, your assertion that we're tired of it uh, and that we need a new one right now, right now, as I speak, almost every single public op opinion poll shows that the most autocratiest, which is not really a word, but I just made it up uh, of the candidates running uh, is in the lead. Now it would be Paul Vallis. And I realize I'm the only guy old enough in the city of Chicago to remember his reign at C no, uh, CPS and at, as revenue director. Uh, but this guy is an autocrat from way back. Like he's, he's a boss and he loves bossing people around. And so if the city of Chicago doesn't like bossy mayors, they sure have a weird way of showing it, Lori. They elected well, like, Rom. All, they elected you know, Daly. Are, you oh. and I are older now. And Ben, there's a whole new generation of people out there. And I am telling you that I'm not saying you don't want a strong person. You need someone strong. But, you know, strong comes in a lot of different versions. And what I want is somebody who, one, I trust their values and that they're not going to easily sell out ideas that I think are important. Two, you need someone who is not going to dig in. When you are rebuilding, we are at a crossroads as a city and we need to be able to leverage every asset we have. And that is not happening right now. We are um, stalemated. You know, we uh, there's another word, and I'm having a senior moment, but we are not moving forward here. And I understand. So my whole work is about working in communities of color on the south and west side of Chicago. There is nothing more that I have wanted than investment in that those in the communities that have been so deeply disinvested in. But what I don't want is those communities to be used as a campaign slogan for someone when they actually talk the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And they're not doing the real work that needs to be done to see that investment happen, to see the deals close, to use the developers of color in the communities. And I really, I don't see the real there. Now, my clients are developers on the west side of Chicago, and they tell me that they don't see anything happening there. And after all this quote unquote money being invested, it's not happening. There are not ground breakings. The, the deals aren't closed with the banks. So I know PR because PR is part of what I do. Okay. 
But I, and I know though, when it's real and when it's being used and I don't like it being used, Ben. All right. Uh, so let's get to Chewy Garcia. Uh, you're, you're endorsing him. You're working on his campaign. Uh, and uh, almost all the lefties that come on this show uh, uh, are not for Chewy. I'm trying to think if I've had any. Well, I'll clamp Ballin off. Okay. He, he was for Chewy. Uh, and uh, they say that uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia is not really a uh, progressive, which I don't even know what the word means anymore. Uh, I think it's just a, it's it's a word without meaning. That <laughs> that's for certain. Um, but that his position on crime policing is indicative of it. Uh, his alliance uh, with Michael Joseph Madigan is indicative of it. Uh, and um, it's just the way he has behaved uh, in the last year or so, and just the way he got the congressional seat. Uh, with the with Louis se- stepping down, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia stepping into the seat, and then not running for mayor against Rom, and it looked like a backroom deal with that the three of them cut. Yeah, he has lost claim to the title of progressive, whatever progressive means. So, what's your response to all? That? Well, let me just say, so I met Chuy years and years ago uh, when our firm helped create this group called United Congress. We actually named it United Congress. And it's a group of all these uh, multiracial, multiethnic groups to talk about equity issues, actually. So, and Chewy and Enlace were part of that. And um, I, somehow, we both got snowed in. It was very weird at this airport. There was Chewy Garcia and we were both are waiting for planes somewhere. And we ended up talking for several hours. And he told me this story about his political career, and he told me about the Burks. And I think people who think about Chewy Garcia and the machine politics, it's hilarious because the Burks and Daly took him out when he was a state senator. I mean, he was a rising power, and he was like, you know, going, going, going. And then they cut him off at the knees like we do Chicago style. And this guy went into the diaspora and he was nothing and nobody. And nobody sent nobody to send Chewy anywhere. And he had to find inside himself who he was again as a person. And, you know, the world of politics, I got to tell you, I don't work in electoral politics ever. I got out at 28 when I came back to Chicago from California, where I used to run political campaigns to get out of politics. And I went into public policy work. And Chewy had gone in and took over this not-for-profit that really had no profile, and he reinvented it and rebranded it as Unlace, which has grown into one of the most powerful community-based organizations in the city of Chicago working on anti-violence issues, and I have nothing but enormous respect for their work. And this man, he found himself again. Like, he really found who he was. And um, I feel like that transformation changed him into someone who I will always trust and believe in. And he went on to grow in Lasse. And then he was, again, I will not say because all the details, back in the diaspora again politically when he called me. And I always say, I'm kind of like in the third, you know, what I like about Chewy too is, he asks people's opinion. 
Like Chewie call me up and I know he's talked to 20 other people and they'll be like, no, Lori, I'm just talking to you. And I'm like, oh yeah. And the other 19 people you just called to ask the decision, you know, you're making, should you make? But that's democracy in action because Chewie actually listens. He is not just making decisions. He is an independent thinker. So no, he's not going to carry anybody's party line because he's actually what we need right now is he's listening to all these other people are doing. So Chewy went back and then out of the blue, the teachers union decided to give him 30 grand to run for commissioner. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. You go become commissioner. And so I have watched this person and I have watched, I, you know, elected officials and people in power all the time become transformed and not for the good because we give power to people. We give celebrity to people and we just go, oh, here, here's a big gallon of celebrity. Enjoy it. And it just turns them into monsters. They are people that, I mean, this happened to one person in particular that Chewy calls my Frankenstein because, you know, we develop people and give them opportunities through the skills that we have to create power, right? Uh, with these people. And then they just completely blow up. So there's a handful of people I know with power who I trust, and they're still the same person. And Chewy Garcia, I can still text him. Even when I had nothing, I was nobody. I had no power. I have no, inf- you know, whatever. But he would respond to my texts. So what was Chewy doing? And I love to talk about this because I think it's so interesting with all the progressives. I consider myself a progressive that say, oh, Chewy's not a progressive. But you know what Chewy was doing for the last eight years? He was actually building a bench of progressives. That's what he was doing. A bench of, yes, primarily Latino at this in many cases. But he was doing what the Democratic Party should be doing, and they're not. He helped to elect Mike Rodriguez, Commissioner Alma Anaya, Representative Aaron Ortiz, Representative Teresa Ma, Representative Edgar Gonzalez, Representative Norma Hernandez, Senator Selena Villanueva, and the MWRD Commissioner Iara Coral Sepulveda. And let me say, Congresswoman Delia Ramirez, who I love and I think is terrific, and uh, endorsed uh, an opponent of Chewy's. And you know what, though? Chewy will be, Chewy will be like, it's okay. I got it. She had to do that. CTU, everybody's like a little beholden to the money of the CTU. And, but will Chewy hold that against Delia? No, he'll work with her, just like everyone else who's had to endorse other opponents because of their values or where they thought. But I want to get, so I want to say what I respect about Chewy Garcia, because he actually, before I came here, and they did hire me just a couple weeks ago, so I'm working, my firm is working, I was actually going to be hired to work on promoting all of those young leaders to build a bench of their voice, not Chewy's voice, their voice. Now, I'm going to tell you something. All of the progressives out there that you think Chewy has lost it, no way. He actually is trying. I love that line. He says, you have to swim with the sharks. That doesn't make him a shark. And all the, and I want to know Michael Madigan, he was the head of the Democratic Party. And I want to know of all the candidates in that room, especially Brandon, who was a political operative for the CTU. Brandon, were you never in a room with Mike Madigan? 
all of you, were you never in a room with Mike Madigan? And Chewy wasn't even in the room. He didn't even do all this stuff, they say. But let me just say this. So at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. And all I know is whatever happens with Chewy now, there's 20 plus elected officials who can tell you, and they will tell you, Chewy Garcia was instrumental in building their leadership when he didn't have to do that. And let me tell you, he does not make them beholden to him. All right. Uh, and uh, let me just point out that Deli Ramirez, the candidate unmentioned uh, in, that, uh, in that riff, uh, that Deli Ramirez supported is, in fact, Brandon, as in Brandon Johnson, the Cook County Commissioner. Uh, and I, uh, I think Deli might push back uh, at uh, your characterization of why she in, uh, endorsed him. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Let me tell She's you something. Lori's face. Delia Ramirez and her fundraiser with Chewy Garcia, and she was this close to Chewy Garcia. Which oh, is I listen, man. Now you're one of my favorite, my favorite so topics. Let me just say this. I no, don't no, no, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Let me just, let me, let me, let me just, let me just say this. Wait, this, this is one of my favorite thing, topics. Wait, but you'll get to your one last thing because I know it won't be one last thing. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I say th this is one of my favorite topics right here when it comes to my beloved left and uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia. There's a split right now uh, in uh, uh, progressive Chicago. Uh, and um, many of the many of the people uh, that are on the left are with Brandon Johnson or Cam Buckner, not with uh, Chewy Garcia. Uh, and it was just in November that many of the people on the left were using Chewy's uh, photograph uh, as testimony why you should vote for Jonathan Jackson, why you should vote for Delia Ramirez. So listen, I've been dealing with the left my whole life. They go, it's almost like month to month, they, the, the, the instructions go out and this is what you're supposed to do. And this is why I can't <laughs> be in any group because I'm really bad at taking instructions, okay? Um, so I understand that uh, larger point you're making. I also understand that they're all a bunch of uh, Harper Valley hypocrites when it comes to Michael Joseph Madigan. Well, because I just don't even want to hear about it. Yeah, the, all, all of them are lining it up to, to kiss that ring. And uh, for <laughs> the longest time, they could fair or other pieces. Um, uh, so I, 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 I understand uh, all that, but I don't blame them for uh, being a little irritated at, at Chewy Garcia because he waited so damn long to make his decision. I mean, it was like he was cutting a diamond. He was poised over that diamond. I don't know what I'm going to, what are you, Hamlet? Either you're going to run or you don't run. And that oh, come on. Brandon you know what, jumped Ken? in the race and here this we are. This is one of the things that I like about Chewy. Okay, you all think he's like beholden to special interests? Well, you haven't worked with Chewy Garcia in that. Because Chewy Garcia has been my client over the years at different times, and he does not do what I want him to do, which would make life so much easier because he is his own man and he is going out and asking 20,000 questions. And why did Chewy, you know why, why would he leave Congress? What a sweet deal he's got there. He's great at that job. Why would you come back to the city of Chicago? And you know why he did is because people like me kept texting him and saying, oh, my God, you've got to run. It can't keep going on. And I have people and this is what I also don't like. People are afraid of Lori. And I don't like that. People are afraid that funding will get pulled from their pet projects if they speak out. 
Now, that is a dictatorial form of power. And I'm afraid of the next four years. If she becomes, and even me speaking out now, my clients are like, oh my God, Lori, you're screwed. <laughs> You'll never work with the administration again. I'm like, with all my clients, I'm like, I know, I'm really sorry, but I love Chicago more than I love whatever I do with my business. And I am going to stand up for what I believe in and no one is going to intimidate me. But I have to say one other thing, Ben, that's very different, which is let us remember that Chewy Garcia is the only candidate who has been a city councilman, who has been a Cook County commissioner, who has been a state senator and is a U.S. congressman. He is the only one who can work regionally, statewide, nationally, citywide, and leverage the resources of our region. Oh, and by the way, he does get along with J.B. Pritzker. And what a good thing that would be if we could have all the different levers of government work together. Now, I've not met a perfect person in my life, and I'm not saying Chewy is either, because no one is. But I'm going to tell you right now in the city of Chicago, we need someone who can hit the ground running. Because what we have learned, whether it be Donald Trump or Lori Lightfoot, you need experience in this job. And I will say, I like Brandon. I have, I think Cam Buckner, if Chewy wasn't running, I told him personally, like Chewy said, I'd vote for Cam. What a guy. But these people don't have enough experience. And what we can't do is have them learn on the job as we saw Lori Lightfoot do. And I want someone to hit the ground running. And Chewy knows city workers. He knows how to unleash the power of this city and the federal government resources. And let us say again, when they're all like whining about Chewy, which believe me, I've heard all of it. He was bringing home the bacon and he brought in billions of dollars of infrastructure money to the state of Illinois. Now he knows how also to spend it. And I, I believe- I, yeah. I got to push back in the learning on the job thing. That's a Chicago thing. And I got to oh, push back. I'm sorry. No, that, that, ben, that, no but that's I'm just sorry. a Chicago thing. Everybody, nobody, nobody comes into the mayor's office knowing what it's like to be the mayor. Everybody like Richard M. Daly didn't know what it was like to be the mayor. Rahm Emanuel didn't even know where, like, he he knew like three well, high school. How well did that go? How yeah, well nobody, did that go? And by the way, Lori Lightfoot, her problem, her problems that you spelled out uh, at this uh, outset of the show had nothing to do with learning uh, on on the job. She didn't learn anything. She, she, she was so to me, learning on the job. I, I think that's unfair to say. You know, like because they're younger. I don't know about that. I want to see right now. I want someone, and believe me, Paul Vallis is a very scary guy. This is a guy we'll who's been, I mean, We'll get I, to Vallis in a little bit. All but, I'm uh, saying is, oh, well, let me before we get to Vallis, let me uh, ask you a question that comes up a lot uh, on this show, having to do with uh, Congressman Garcia, uh, and that is, it's it's uh, push come to shove. Uh, his knee jerk response to crime in Chicago is to hire more police. That is and not what, actually, you have to really listen to what Chewy is saying, because it's not true. Because Chewy actually created Enlace as it is today. And Chewy also came out of the Alternative Schools Network. Chewy is a community organizer, and he understands what restorative justice is. He understands what the kinds of, uh, the my client, the Chicago Neighborhood Policing Initiative, well, they may not want to be close to me right now, <laughs> but 
they are all about community policing. And Chewy knows all about community policing and has worked in the neighborhoods, on the street, with the people. And what he knows, and he said this, is you have to have police in those communities who, if not live there, work there every day, four years, building relationships. And it's not doing something to the community. It's engaging the community in solutions. And so you have to transform these relationships. You have to transform the culture and the police culture for the city of Chicago to be a safe community. And I know Chewy believes that. So while he may say things about, yes, you have to do a better job of creating constitutional policing, you have to do that. You have to do a better job of who are you recruiting? How are you recruiting them? How are you training the police? How are you building a culture of inclusion? I mean, that there's so much that needs to happen with the consent decree. And Chewy does understand that. So I'm, I'm sorry, he's not just about, oh, more police. I know he's not. because Well, I've that's the first thing that usually comes out of his mouth. And that's the first thing that people hear. And that's where we are politically as a city right now. Uh, it's just well, there's sort of this working assumption. That audience wait, let me just well. finish. There's sort of a working assumption that if you don't re- just as a knee-jerk reaction, say, I want to hire more police. You're an unrealistic candidate. You won't get elected. Your message won't be heard. uh, And you're doomed to failure. Uh, You're part of the defund the policers. And uh, that's where we're at, politically speaking, in the city of Chicago right now. And that's one of the main uh, criticisms of, of Jesus Garcia. Go ahead. Well, all I can tell you is there's only one person who can beat Lori Lightfoot, who is progressive. And that is Chewy. So while I will say nothing bad about the other candidates who are progressive, because I love, I mean, actually, that's a, it's a great group of people that are running for mayor. But I just don't think they're camera ready yet. And I'm sorry, I'm not willing to go through it again. And we disagree about that. I want people who have more experience in making the kinds of decisions. But none of them, none of them can beat Lori Lightfoot. And the one person that can take her out, and I do want her taken out, Ben. I do not believe that her leadership is good for the city. And we are at a precipice. But a precipice, we are at a crossroads. We go up or we go down. And we need someone who's going to take us up and unify the city and heal this city. And no one has the skill set. No one has the ability to do that and beat her other than potentially Paul Vallis. And that would be an absolute disaster for the city of Chicago. He's been fired from every job he's had. We'll get, we'll get to Vallis. We'll get to Vallis. Before we, you said heal the city, and then what? Before we get to Vallis, you have to deal uh, with the issue of uh, Chewy Garcia's relationship with the black community. There was just an article in Tribe, which I'm sure you read. Yeah, that was just uh, such a setup article. Oh my God, I have Pat No. Well, let me just finish the, the setup of the setup, uh, what you call a setup, so people understand. Uh, and uh, I, I urge people to read the article. Uh, it it was critical of Jesus Chewy Garcia's outreach uh, to the black community. And uh, in 2015, when he ran and was in the runoff, uh, he lost 
in large degree because Mayor Rahm defeated him uh, in the black community. And I also understand uh, that the so-called uh, white liberals of the north side of Chicago who aren't liberal anymore, they're still white, but they're not liberal, haven't been liberal since the six, since they got rid of the draft, but that's a whole other story. As soon as the draft was gone, then they be- became conservative. Uh, they voted for Rahm, yes. But the swing vote in that election was the black community and went for Rahm. Uh, and, uh, so the issues raised, uh, in the tribe article, uh, are basically, uh, that he's running on his connection to Harold Washington in the 1980s. And that is just not good enough in the year 2023. Lori, uh, I almost called you Lori Lightfoot. Lori I Glenn. Know. Lori, I know. That was like, oh my God, reflex it. I humbly apologize. Lori that, Glenn, your response. Yes. Well, first of all, Chewy Garcia has consistently, through the years, built and developed black and brown relationships. It was Chewy who actually put together these dinners uh, with um, Sylvia Puente, Patricia Novick, Patricia Novick, who was married to Al Raby, um, and who brought together the communities in these dinners to build uh, relationships. He's done all sorts of work with um, Jewish communities, with Muslim communities. Um, United Congress was all about bringing together all these multiracial and multi-ethnic communities together for them to understand what had happened to them, the pain that they've all experienced, and how they could become a bigger force together to influence public policy and debate. So Chewy, his actions speak louder than words in terms of what he does to actually bring black and brown and white and Muslim and Jewish and people of all persuasions together. And that's because of his own spiritual center and where he comes from. So I can't speak to campaign strategies since I am not the political strategist of this campaign nor running it. But I can tell you that I trust Chewy Garcia's heart. Now you can say, oh, I don't give a shit about his heart, but I think you're very wrong because I've worked with elected officials and politicians since I was 19 years old. And I have watched them go down some very dark roads and they are all of various persuasions. They are women, they're men, they're black, they're brown, they're white, they're Muslim, they're other Jewish, they're other things because I've seen what power can do to destroy people. But I have not seen that with Chewy. I have never felt that. And I think that his spiritual life is tied to his, he is an immigrant. Chewy Garcia is the poster child of being an immigrant. He came here at nine years old, not speaking English. His parents were immigrants. They integrated into American culture. He's been, you know, he, he has children and grandchildren who are all, the children and children of immigrants. So this person, he does not live in hate. And everyone who knows Chewy knows this. And I think that's a very important quality. When you are in a situation right now where we need someone who can actually advocate and bring together all these different communities, because Chewy comes to people with respect and you feel that. And that's a one-on-one thing. So he may not be the, you know, the debater that is the swiftest debater, or he may not be the one who gives the most bestest uh, speech all the time. But when you're in a room negotiating with this guy, that's the guy I want. 
That's the guy I want leading me. Okay. Uh, I just took great delight. Uh, I've been having conversations with with Lori Glenn for a long time, and that was classic Lori Glenn. She goes, you may say uh, that you don't give a shit about what's in uh, Chuy Garcia's heart, and I think you're wrong. I go, I didn't even say it. (laughs) (laughs) I never said it. I'm, I'm wrong. How can I be wrong? I never said it. It's I unbelievable. Mean, I, mean, it's I know, but it's like, <laughs> all right. Uh, so here's the, the Paul Vallis moment. Paul Vallis uh, is uh, ahead pretty much every single poll that I've seen lately, or he's number two. He's going to be in the runoff, if you believe all the recent polls. He's consolidated uh, the MAGA uh, support in the city of Chicago. Uh, all of those uh, former uh, liberal uh, lake fronters uh, are now uh, eager uh, Valisites. Uh, they love him. I think they're getting tattoos collectively on the lakefront oh, of Paul Vallis. Uh, <laughs> they love him so dearly. Uh, so what, in your humble opinion, uh, is the case against Paul Vallis uh, for mayor of Chicago? Go ahead. Well, first of all, Paul Vallis is a very unstable guy. I'm sure they have him on plenty of Valium right now to keep him going. Because you just got to go to YouTube to look up Paul Vallis losing it in various YouTube videos. And when he was here, um, he actually was the beginning of privatization of education in Chicago. And Paul Vallis, I mean, reporters knew. Reporters knew he would call them at three in the morning. He'd just be out of control. And he is actually, he tried to stop the schools that were being built in Little Village. And that's why he had to quote unquote quit because really he was fired because he had to leave because he they had hunger strikes because he didn't want to give high schools and elementary schools to the children in Little Village. And then in New Orleans and in Philadelphia, you just have to look it up. He's been fired from every job. There's, there's a judge who's got a quote saying, you are so deeply incompetent and so unprepared for this job and that you are hired is so ridiculous. You are dismissed from this position. And you can talk to the former Mayor Nutter of Philadelphia who loathed him. And even Mayor Daley has quotes. He can't stand Paul Vallis. So I'm sorry. It does say something when you get fired from every job. So this is what I want to say about Paul Vallis. I think he's good at job interviews. He's obviously very slick. But then once he gets into the job, this guy is really scary. And it's very interesting to me that Joe Trippi, who was really kind of my political nemesis as a consultant in California, and he went on to do so many progressive things, is now the consultant behind Paul Vallis, and as it was written in the Crane Chicago business yesterday, he also seems to be the head of the Independent Expenditure Committee. And with all their 170 some thousand dollars worth of commercials. Now, I just know that you can tell a lot by people by who they surround themselves with. And I saw the other day at the Cranes event, who was the right hand man for Paul Vallis? Juan Rangel. Juan Rangel, who was the head of the United Neighborhood Organization and their charter schools, and had to leave. I don't know if it was he was fired or he was indicted, but he was no longer the head of those schools because there were some funny, money things going on. So if that, and he looked at me and he smirked at me when he saw me at Cranes. And I was like, 
oh my God, you're telling me that Juan Rangel is the right-hand man of Paul Vallis? Now that's just something insiders will think about and external people might not know. But let me tell you, you can tell a lot, of, a lot about people by who they surround themselves with. And that does not say anything good about Paul Vallis. And right now, we know that his client, the FOP, as we all know, the most racist, xenophobic, MAGA uh, union with the head, that guy, John Constanza. And John, this oh, represents, yeah. what's his name? Catanzara. Constanza is the guy on the side, Seinfeld. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so you bad. Know, that's funny. <laughs> I know. It is funny. But this guy, I mean, in my my business, I'm a political consultant, Okay. And I don't just let anyone hire me. We only work for people we believe in. And so I'm going to say to Paul Vallis, Paul Vallis, do you agree with John C's values? Is this the kind of person? Don't tell me you're a consultant or you're this or that. Because I'm a consultant, but you go to my website and look at who I represent. And it is consistent over my entire career. And shame, shame, shame on you. And shame on the voters who would allow xenophobia to get in the way to allow a man like Paul Vallis. It would be I, I, I would be horrified at the citizens of Chicago. And if it came to Vallis and Lori, I would vote for Lori over him. No doubt, as I am sure all the progressives who say they wouldn't vote. Shame on you if you let Paul Vallis in because we hate Lori Lightfoot. That would yeah, be ridiculous. I, 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 you stole. You, you were on such a great riff. You stole my final question. We're never going to work in this town again. <laughs> no, you're true. Oh my god! Hey, you can come join me in a podcast overlooking an alley. Uh, you are so through uh, in this town. I know uh, it's okay. Yeah, well, this town Mom is. hated me. Mayor Daly used to get mad at me. I was told people told I'm just me I'm say this, city of Chicago. You guys talk about how you you hate violence and everything. But you have such a culture of retaliation in this city. Oh, that my God. Of, it's unbelievable. I mean, so, literally, Laura, I you're not the only one who's afraid that you speak out. Like Whenever Juanita comes on the show, I have to do this whole thing. Don't punish her. Don't fire her. Don't, you know, firefighters come to the show. Don't fire this guy. This is this, this attitude in Chicago is very retaliatory town. And then people wonder why we have so much crime and violence. Oh, what could that be? All right. Uh. Lori, uh, I think we all know who you support. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? You think, Ben? <laughs> uh, I think we all know who you support in this race. Um, and you answered the final question I was going to ask you, which if it came down to uh, Paul Vallis versus Lori Lightfoot, who would you vote for? So you answered that question even before I could ask it. And um, I do want to say this. I think Lori Lightfoot has done the best job that she can do. And I... I think that, you know, she is trying super hard and I don't think that she is a bad person. And I, but I don't think this is the right job for her in the same way. It wasn't the right job for Rom. Rom should have stayed in Congress and become speaker of the house because he is a deal maker, you know, behind the scenes. He, he's great at that. But I would argue it wasn't a good job for Daly. Well, but I, 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 I would argue that the yeah. only person who's shown that it was a good job for him was Harold Washington. And he had no experience as an executive uh, when he took over. But there are some extraordinary people in the world. I unfortunately wasn't here when Harold was alive. 
but I got here like six months after, you know, just before he died. So I, I'm sorry I didn't get to meet him. And he was extraordinary. And there are those very few, Ben, extraordinary people. And you and I both know that. And But right now, while I think that there are some really great people running for office, for mayor, um, right now, I want the person who I trust their values and have the experience to get the job done. And I believe that that is Chewy. But I wish all the others well especially Cam Buckner, who I don't know at all, but I really think he's a great leader. Well, you could listen. He's been on the show twice. So you could uh, check out the interviews with Cam Buckner uh, anytime you want. All right, Lori Glenn, uh, Lady Lori, uh, as she's known in France. Uh, <laughs> not Lady Gaga, Lady Lori. All right, thank you very much, Lori. Appreciate it as always, and you take care, all right? Always Ben Jarofsky. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Lori Glenn. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.